This is episode number 32 with our good friend Linda Romer and her equine rescue. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. My name's Dave Brown. I'm your co-host and co-founder here, and uh, super excited to have you on today's show. Uh, before we get started, just wanted to stress the importance of reviews and leaving us a review on iTunes, uh, actually subscribing and leaving us a review on iTunes. It's how iTunes uh, ranks us. It's how we get found and in front of more people is by the amount of subscribers and reviews that we have. So if you enjoy our podcast, if you enjoy the interviews and the stories that we share, if you enjoy the content and you've gotten some value out of it, uh, we would really appreciate if you could subscribe, leave us a review, and share this with a friend or friends. Uh, again, it's not about us, but it's more about the people and the stories that we feature here. Uh, we want to give them a bigger audience. We want them uh to be seen and get in front of as many people as possible. Uh, it's our mission to, to create a bigger impact, to empower people to live bigger and better lives by the stories and the people that we feature here. So leaving us a review and subscribing can really go a long way. So we would greatly appreciate that. Now, back to today's episode. Um, look, there's no, there's no doubt that this country has problems, uh, lots of them. And, uh, one person isn't going to be able to solve all those problems or even fix those problems. Uh, but rather than accept that as a reality and use it as a reason to give up, uh, we believe everyone can do a little bit more. And Linda Romer is a perfect example of that. After stepping away from a prosperous corporate career in Manhattan, Linda threw herself into creating and running a horse rescue organization an organization that has saved some 200 horses in the last 22 years. Equine Rescue is a 56-acre home-style sanctuary where people and horses rescue each other. Each horse, donkey, or pony lucky enough to find their way out of a near-death situation has a home for life, and each volunteer who helps care for them finds a therapeutic outlet to escape from their own struggles. Linda Romer is a good friend, an extraordinary person, and the things that she's doing is truly exceptional, and we are blessed and grateful to have her on our show. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with our very good friend, Linda Romer. Hi, I'm Barb Allen. Welcome to American Snippets. We are here today with Linda Romer. Her story is one of the ones that we always love to tell because it is about somebody who took something she is passionate about and just went with it. She went all in and what she has accomplished in the time since she's done that is something we can all learn from. Linda, thank you so much for being here with us today. Show thing. <laughs> so we are sitting here in your barn here, at, here at Equine Rescue. Casa Cuckoo. Casa Cuckoo is his famous. And my phone, which I forgot to turn off, is blowing up. Um, <clears throat> so we're sitting here <laughs> in your barn and about how many horses are we surrounded by? 14. 14. There's which is 14 in the house tonight. 14 in the house and more out in the fields. Yep. And this is uh, Equine Rescue, something that you started 20... Uh-huh. 20, 20 <laughs> something years ago, she started Equine Rescue. 21, two. And tell us a little bit about what you do here. 
we provide um, we provide housing rehabilitation and rehoming to horses that are victims of cruelty. So law enforcement cases, if um, the most, you know, every county has a cat and dog place. Most don't have horse places. So we do it for horses and we do most of New York state. We've helped New Jersey, Pennsylvania, other states, but it's horse cruelty. So you take in horses. Do you take them specifically from cruelty cases or you've taken in horses from people who find themselves in a bad situation or just can't care for the horse anymore? Very, very occasionally we will do that, but we find that law enforcement keeps us very busy as we've got 25 on the farm today. And we have to only take in what we can provide for or or else we become what we don't like. Right. So, So generally it's just law enforcement. So since the time when you opened your doors, about how many horses have you had come through your barn? I don't know. Um, 200. And how did this start? So a lot of people will say that they're passionate about something. I love horses. You know, I have two that I got through you. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I love horses. I love dogs. But I didn't invest my whole life into creating a rescue for them. I come every couple years sometimes (laughs) and throw some carrots at them and go. But you just took this passion and you took it to another level. You really have dedicated your entire life. You had a job in Manhattan. I did. So you were a city girl working. working well, city. I grew Had- up. I grew up on Long Island. So I and I grew up riding horses. Right. Then horse showing and you know doing the junior rider English foo foo thing, um, and graduated. Got a you know did a seven semester program and got a BS degree in seven semesters, and decided I was going to conquer the horse world, and got out and realized that's not happening, and. It worked a few jobs and realized that I just love horses and I don't care if they can't work for me. They saved my life while I was growing up. And so I took a job in the city with real estate and did that for a bunch of years and got a bunch of money and decided that as I grow old, I'm going to save them. So you, you started small with a few horses. Yes. And a rented barn. Yes, we started at a place in Montgomery, New York called Willow Hill Farm, which at the time I had a, a horse that I was, my personal horse that I had bought, and I was horse showing him doing the jumpers. And um, then this, a, a case came up locally that rocked me to my core because th- there was all these horses that were dying and there was nowhere for them to go. And I thought something has to be done. And so I asked my husband if he wanted to play a game and it was called let's start a horse rescue and you can be the president. And he said, sure. And uh, so we started the rescue and rented one of the fields at Willow Hill farm. And we started there and I, I think we were around for two years before we realized we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and we found this place in 99 and we've been here since 1999. And you were run entirely off of donations. Yeah. And volunteer work. Yep. There's no state federal funding for it, even though we do law enforcement cases. If there's, um, if the uh, individuals are prosecuted and there is remuneration that they are ordered to pay, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. So we have to raise all of our own money 
to do it. So let's talk a little bit. A lot of people, uh, some people listening to this will be familiar with horses in the horse world and understand how common it is for horses to be tossed aside or simply become too much. But for the people that maybe aren't familiar with horses and may not understand the care that goes into them and what, what they, because they look like these, they're these huge animals that people just assume they don't really understand how truly helpless they are and how dependent they are on the person to take care of them. So um, talk a little bit about what it is. What is one of the most common reasons that you see horses fall into such terrible condition in people's Starvation. Starvation. Yeah, starvation, neglect. It's most of what we get here is starvation, neglect. 90% of what we get here is starvation, neglect. It's either people can't afford them. You know, horses now, it used to be that horses were, when I was growing up, horses were a privilege. Yes, like I, if, remember, I remember that. Horses were a privilege. You, if you got to ride horses, you were a lucky, lucky girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, now, free to a good home is everywhere. And free to a good home isn't always a good home. Sometimes it's a death sentence to a horse because people get them that have no idea how to care for them. And sometimes, sometimes we can help them and teach them and, you know, let them know what they're doing wrong and how to do it right. And sometimes they just don't care and they're going to do what they want. And so that's when law enforcement goes in and takes them away and they live at Casa Cuckoo. (laughs) <laughs> Casa Cuckoo is a great name for this. I sometimes stole it and use it for my own my yeah. own domain. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, I remember one of the first horses, ponies, to come in. His name was Lollipop. And his story, I know, I'm going to make you sad, but his name wasn't Lollipop in Uganda, but you named him Lollipop. Uh, but this, he's a typical, uh, I mean, people think this stuff doesn't happen. And I bring him up because it does happen. And the importance yeah. of one person, if you hadn't been here for this pony to find his way to. I don't know what would happen to him. So just tell a little bit about, about him. Apparently the people that had lollipop and we don't know who they are because they will never be known. Um, got tired of having him and took him out into the woods and tied him to a tree and left him there to starve and to die. And some people out on a trail ride with well-loved horses found him and brought him home, but they couldn't, they raised money how graphic do you want me to get here? He couldn't rub the flies off of one of his eyes. And so it had to be surgically removed because it, and so they actually had a fundraiser and got him the surgery, but nobody could then give him home for the rest of his life. And so we took him in, I think in 1999 and he lived with us until his body gave out we got to figure he was well into his 40s. He had yeah. no teeth left in his head. And the day that it was his day to go, all five veterinarians from the clinic that I work with came. When they heard, like, lollipops going all... I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> they all came out. And you see, it's good for... It's actually good to... To share, I mean, you know, why it's so powerful, why it's so meaningful. There's a lot of people that say it's just a horse, it's just an animal. Why does it matter? Or you're never going to stop all the cruelty in the world. Why do you kill yourself I know. trying to do this? You know, no, why no. would you do this? Why would you do this? Because a lollipop. Why. Yeah. For each individual, like- and for each individual horse that is here now, they got a home for life. 
That's the other as thing long I as I don't up. get hit by a bus. Don't say that. <laughs> if I got hit, if I get hit by a bus, all oh, bets are off. But as long as as long as I can function, they've all got a life here. So, I mean, I'm going to come back again when people, Make me cry, I'm gonna people punch say you. why. I know, and I believe her too. She will totally punch me. Totally punch her. Um, when I, I will say why, you know, people say why do you invest yourself? Because you went. I mean, you just dug all in, and it's been your life. And there have been some really difficult times, and there have been some really high times. And I will hear things from people when I worked in the rescue world myself, and people will say, "Why do you put so much energy? It's just an animal." Why do you care? You know, what is the big deal about it? And I have my own answer in terms of what I think that talks about humanity, what that says about humanity when we treat animals like this. But I don't know. I would like to hear. I don't think I've ever asked you that question. I was a really awkward kid. I know. Go figure. I look so outrageous. But (laughs) I was a really awkward kid. And the only place that I found solace growing up was in the barn. The only place that I found full acceptance was horses. And I could ride horses and I was good at it. And I, I, they, I, they were my friends. They were my friends growing up. And like I said earlier, they saved me growing up. I'm going to save them as I grow old. So Just what, returning a favor. What would you say to someone who maybe has a passion, something they feel so strongly about and they say, well, I can't, you know, I'm just one person. I can't achieve this. I can't accomplish that. I can't start my own business. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. What Nobody can save the world. Say to them, right? Nobody can save the world. And for anybody that, that realizes that they can't save the world, good, because you can't save the world. But you can always tidy up your little corner. And just because yeah. you can't save the world doesn't mean that you can't tidy up your little corner. And you can't make it better. For And who cares what the scale is? One life is it's a life. One life is a life. So you're... In your 20-something year of doing this. Yes. Um, and what, I'm only 32 years old. <laughs> what is your What is your plan for the next, say, five years? Are you looking to keep this going? Are you transitioning out? Uh, what would you, what would your advice be to yourself five years ago? What would your advice be to yourself five years from now? I don't really know because when you do stuff like this, it's not for profit work. You know, if if the big check comes around and everybody that does not for profit, you know, everybody's waiting for the big check, the big check, the big check. The big check comes around if you can get the staffing that you need it. Like I know, knowing what I know, that I could build one hell of a kick-ass rescue that I could, you know, we could save, we could sanctuary, we could retrain, we could do all kinds of stuff. But if the big check doesn't come, then I'm just going to keep doing it, you know, one one horse at a time. I'm just going to keep doing it the way I do it. Because it, every day, this is my happy place when the whole rest of the world is crashing down. I'm the luckiest girl in the world. How many people do you know get to spend all day in a barn? Not many. Yeah. And how many people yeah. do you know want to spend all day in the barn? Even less. Yeah. But, 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 also, but still plenty. But, you know, <laughs> and, this yeah. is my happy place. Or get so. to spend all day doing what it is they love, the thing yeah. that they, they love to do the most. And they drive me crazy yes. and I scream. It's like I'm their mother and they're my children. And, you know, you come walking in here one day, you might hear me hollering at somebody because somebody might have ticked me off. But, you know, it's just, this so is tell my happy us, place. I know that uh, a few weeks ago you got one more cruelty call. Tell us about that. And then maybe we'll take a walk and go see some of them. All right. Um, yeah. Um, so I was... 
yeah, a month or so ago. Um, we took in four horses. Um, there was two big drafts, two light horses. Unfortunately, after three days, one of them, she was too far gone. It was the worst, worst case that I've seen in all my years. Like I said to everybody, I don't know how she's still standing. And she was. God bless her heart. But that didn't last. So we've got three left. Um, and they're doing great. You know, they're, everybody's, they've had their issues. They're, they're rehabbing just like normal. You know, you got your colics here and you're got to do this, that and float teeth. And as they adjust to, you know, refeeding them, it's, that's the, the scariest time is when you start to refeed them because you can kill them on that. So that's a slow process, but um, they're doing great. And now their personalities are starting to show because, you know, you show up every day, twice a day with food. And they're not used to that. To like, hey, <laughs> hey, look, she's back. <laughs> so let's talk for a minute because this is an important part of it. Tell tell us a little bit about what you know when I when I touch on people to say I can't do this, I can't go all in. But you have a lot of people who invest a lot of their lives to come help. What does it mean Takes to someone who village. volunteers? You know, if you were just tell somebody if they said, well, I only have an hour a week to help, or I only have two hours a month to help. That's not any good. I shouldn't even come, you know, no, you- come because you know what it does for the horses I get on a daily basis. Generally I'm here. Um, you know, I've got volunteers that come in and help and, and do stuff and, and help me. I'm don't think that I do this all my own. I do not. Our volunteers are fantastic, but even for the people that can only come out for an hour, they're going to find one horse here that speaks to them. And then they're going to give that horse everything that they have here is benign neglect. Like, I don't have time to groom everybody. Nobody has time to groom everybody. To spend just loving up time on them. You know, make them feel like they're not living in an orphanage. Yeah. So if you only have an hour, that's fantastic. Come walk around and, and groom somebody. Feed them carrots. I have people that just come out. That's all they do. They come out with ap- bags and bags of apples and carrots. <laughs> And everybody turns into a big biter. (laughs) No, then everybody's biting at me the next day. I'm like, dang it. (laughs) So, but in terms of applying that to the outside of this, you, would you say to people in general, whatever it is in their life, do it, get, get out of your own, get out of your own life and go find something else. Cause there's somebody out there that needs your help. If it's reading to somebody, if it's uh, who knows, there's somebody out there that needs your help, do it. So I'm going to say thank you for sharing this today. And and I'm going to wrap this up here because we're going to take a walk around and go see some of your, some of your residents. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. I'd like to also thank Linda Romer for being here today as well. Uh, As always, my co-host here and uh, partner, Barbara Allen, she's an incredible writer, and she always puts together an extraordinary article and piece on our featured guests, and she did not disappoint this time either. So check out the article. You can also watch the full video interview we did with Linda. Just head on over to americansnippets.com forward slash 032. We'll have some links there to uh, Linda's sites and um, information, more information on the equine rescue and how you can get involved. Uh, You can follow the Equine Rescue on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Equine Rescue Inc. And you can check out their website where you can uh, donate, um, get involved, and that's equine-rescue.org. 
again, if you got some value out of today's content, you enjoyed this interview and this story, uh, please share this on social media. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Uh, tag us uh, on social media at American Snippets. You can find us on Facebook. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, connect with us. Uh, leave us a message. Tag us. Let us know what you thought. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Uh, once again, this is American Snippets. We are living, defending, and promoting the American dream. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. See you next time. We'll